Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey, Monica, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, Amy. How are you? Actually, everyone just excuse my cold, but I'm really good otherwise. (laughs) And you're coming to us from New York and it's really cold there. Yeah, it's cold. It's beautiful. And you're going to get some full-on construction noise in the background, possibly. So I excuse that as well if you hear that, but you're getting all the vibes. Amazing. Well, thanks for coming to us from afar. And I'm in London, so we're going global today. I love it. (laughs) Can you tell us uh, a bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am a period and women's life coach. So basically I help women with all their period issues, endo, PCOS, um, not having their period, infertility stuff, horrendous periods, painful periods, heavy periods, everything you can think about periods. I help women get rid of so that their period should be really normal and healthy. Uh, And I also do a lot of women's life coaching. So all the brain stuff, subconscious work, childhood wounding, limiting beliefs, confidence stuff, sex stuff, literally everything in terms of like our brains and how we operate from that area. Fucking love my job. Amazing. I know you do. I know you do. (laughs) Uh, So you're just, you're period obsessed. I know that. Period obsessed. Yeah. I was actually talking to my friend the other day and I was reading this book about like, you know, the history of periods and stuff. And I said to her, I was like, do you know why the, the color red is like, you know, the attractive, sexy color that everybody thinks of. And she was like, no. And I was like, it's the color of menstruation. That is traditionally why red became the really sexy color where like women would wear it and like men would be attracted to it. How crazy is that? And like now, like nobody would think of that, but everyone thinks periods are gross, the majority of people. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody loves the color red and the two are the same thing. That's really yeah. interesting and that makes sense. And I know that you you love and you openly talk about you love having sex on your period. So Yeah, I did that the other day on my like Monica, my Mondays with Monica question. Somebody asked me because I said nothing was off limits. And I was like, yes, I'm so glad somebody asked this question. I fucking love period sex. It is I know some people don't, but I love like really messy sex and the idea of just having blood like everywhere. I'm like, yes, I love it. <laughs> Amazing. We're diving literally deep straight away. launching this podcast I love it um so this leads really nicely into my next question for you you are a very outgoing woman and uh, you describe yourself as feminine as fuck so what does it mean to you um what does it mean to be a confident feminine woman um so firstly I spent a lot of time getting more into my feminine and now I'm like in an amazing flow and it feels so fucking good but like don't ever think that being quote-unquote feminine means like you have to be soft and weak 
Like that's not the feminine, that's wounded. So a lot of my clients, they really resonate more when I say like, let's get to the fierce feminine. I'm not saying you have to be masculine. It's the difference between the fierce feminine and then the masculine. So the fierce feminine is like that feminine that's like in her power, has her boundaries, is confident, um, says what she wants, speaks her truth. And that's me. But that's but then you also really have that flow element and that grounding element where, you know, you are not stressing about things that are out of your control, where you really trust the process, where you feel grounded, where when your boyfriend or husband comes in the door, you are that grounding energy that he needs. Like that is the feminine. For me, confidence really is about like speaking your truth and being in your power and just being your true authentic self and loving yourself. So when I was going through this transition of like getting more in touch with my feminine, I had a confused mindset that I needed to change my personality in order to be feminine. And you absolutely do not. So my personality, like my, uh, my Enneagram is eight. So I'm the challenger. I'm opinionated. I challenge everybody. Um, I push the boundaries and I say, I, I speak my mind and I always have. And then um, like my rising moon and sun and like three of my houses are all in Sagittarius. And then I have like Scorpio and Gemini. Like there is no like soft spots within me, you know? I really thought that in order to become more feminine, I had to like stop being fiery and stop being opinionated and stop like really like speaking my truth and standing in my power and being fierce. That was totally wrong. Like that's not what the feminine is. So I am still the exact same Monica I was a year ago, still firing stuff. But like I now have this grounded element. I'm so much more in flow. I'm not a stress head anymore. If something doesn't happen or if I forget to reply to an email, I'm like, whatever, no one's going to die. Like I, you know, I really, um, I also release the house. Like I will set an intention. People are like, well, how are you going to get that? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like it's going to happen. Or, you know, like if I'm like, yeah, I'm making six figures this year. It's like, I'm not then going to plan out the whole year of like, well, I have to hit this number every month. Like, why? Like, that is just that, that actually just has like the opposite effect. Like, that would just stress me out more because if I don't hit that number that month, I'm like, fuck, I'm a failure. It's like, no, I could like have a lower income month one month and then a much higher income month the next month. Like, and you know that. So, that's really what it means to me to be like a confident woman. And because I really have found my like true calling, that obviously helps. And I honestly don't give a shit when people don't like me. I'm like, that's that's your own problem. I like me. So if you don't like me, that's totally fine. Like not everybody in the world has to like you, but I only hang around the people that like me for me. And that makes me happy. I love that you mentioned that because one of the biggest fears that I see at the root of low confidence is it looks like it's a fear of failure, but actually when you break it down, it is a fear of being judged. It's this fear of, well, people don't like me. So that manifests and then people pleasing or self-sabotage or putting everyone else first. But I always say what you think of you is more important than what everyone else thinks of you. And it's quite easy to say that, but you're embodying that. So I love that. Well, also at the bottom line is things only become a judgment if you let them become a judgment. So somebody can say to you, your dress is ugly. And it's like, cool, they're just words. It's only a judgment if part of you also believes your dress is ugly. So if somebody says to me, I fucking hate your hair, Monica. I'm like, cool, like whatever, like, because I love my hair. Do you know what I mean? Somebody said to me, I hate your hair. And then I took that as a judgment. That would be because part of me hates my hair. So it's really important to also distinguish if someone's, you know, quote unquote, judging you, it's actually because you are judging yourself. Mm. Mm. Like that's really important. So that's why things I don't take, I don't have people quote unquote judging me. Of course people judge me, but like to me, nobody judges me because I don't judge myself. Mm, yeah, I think I wrote a post the other day and it was saying 
when you get upset about something or someone else makes you feel a certain way, which doesn't actually exist. No one can make you feel anything because you're in control of your feelings, but it just squeezes out what was already inside of you. So when you feel judged, there's a part of you that was already judging yourself or yeah, it's just you being triggered or angry. It's because you had anger inside of you and it got squeezed out because it was, you know, suppressed and it needed to go. Exactly. Exactly. I love that. So you work with women to power up their periods and to harness their superpowers. So yeah. can you tell me a bit about that and how you think our cycle and our hormones can affect our confidence and our self-worth? Yeah, of course. So it's really important to firstly make sure that your hormones are in balance, obviously, because if before, if the week like before your period, you have like a bit of anxiety, depression, mood swings, feeling really off, that is a sign that you don't have enough progesterone and you need a lot of progesterone. Like you don't need a little bit, you need a fuck ton of progesterone. And most of us don't have a fuck ton of progesterone because we're so stressed. And the problem is that every time your body secretes cortisol, it taps into your progesterone stores. So your progesterone stores get lower. Firstly, if you're not having balanced hormones, you are not going to be confident every time in your cycle. If you do have balanced hormones, you might feel a little bit like not less confident, but a little more introverted the week before your period. That's normal. But that's where understanding your superpowers at each different phase of your cycle is really important because then you have more compassion towards yourself. So the week before your period, you'll often become like a little bit more self-critical because the increase of progesterone as it should be makes you more analytical. So you are going to just like pick at things more, which is great for like if you were doing your accounts or like writing a blog post or, or editing your book, like that's a good time to edit things because you're more analytical. But then of course, you're also more analytical of yourself. But when you can understand that, like when I, now that I understand that, if I'm in my luteal phase and I'm like, oh my God, like your bum's looking a bit big today then I'm like, oh, it's fine. It's in my luteal phase. Do you know what I mean? Like you can blow it off because you're like, oh, I'm just being analytical. So when you can actually understand the different phases of your cycle and understand like in your ovulation phase, you're more outgoing, you're more upbeat. Then the week after when you're like, why aren't I more outgoing and more upbeat? You're like, oh, it's fine. It's just that my estrogen has dropped and I'm not in my ovulation phase. And my like education and then putting that in action, that's power. So when you can understand those things, you've got way more compassion towards yourself and you're not beating yourself up as much. Um, Um, And you can just flow with things a little bit more and you're appreciative of like, oh, it's this phase of my cycle. Like how cool I'm better at these things this week than these other things. So yeah, that's sort of the important part of it. That brings to mind a story from my life where I didn't notice this, but my husband said to me, Amy, do you realize that every month at the exact same time you come to me with this conversation around, I can't do this. I'm making all these mistakes. I'm failing. Nothing's, you know, moving the way I want it to and having a little cry once a month. And I'm not really like a Debbie Downer that often or that negative. I'm always trying to find the positive. But he had noticed that every month, a few days before my period, this would happen and I would just have this little confidence crisis. But now that I'm aware of that, it hasn't happened since because I'm just like, oh yeah, it's the week before my period. But before that, I'd never made this connection. Like, So interesting. Yeah, it's so important that you actually do make this connection. Use it to your power. Okay, let me just like pull apart my business right now. What am I not doing so well? What am I doing really well? Like use those parts as a benefit and as your power as opposed to being like, oh my God, I'm such a bitch to myself. Like you're not a bitch. It's just like use that in a positive way. Hmm. So in these, in these weeks of your cycle, where's the week where you're, you know, there's like a week where you just feel large and in charge. Yeah ovulation time also our pheromones are different so men are more attracted to us during our ovulation time 
during that time is when we're going to feel the most confident. And even leading up to that time, coming out of our follicular phase, which is like the week after your period, ovulation is only actually one day. So it's really that first half of your cycle. After about three days after your last day of your period, when you've kind of come out of that like downtime, then from there towards the day of ovulation, that's where you feel the most confident and sexy and upbeat and alive and stuff. So really using that time for your advantage and then not beating yourself up when things drop off a little bit. And even that time actually just completely where you drop off a little bit, like that's then your time to like look after yourself, stay home a little bit more, have more warming foods, like nurture yourself. When you can actually use every phase of your cycle, you don't burn out because you are balancing everything. You've got the time where you're going out, having late nights, drinking, having fun with your friends and dancing. Then the week later, you're staying home more, you're reading, you're having soups and curries and stews and you're really looking after yourself. Then during your period, again, you're taking more time off and you're going slower and sleeping more. And then you come out of that and you're back and upbeat and go, 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 do, do, do. That's fine because when you can do that, you're giving yourself that uptime, but you give yourself the downtime so it all balances out. The problem occurs when you're constantly pushing and going and like pretending that you're in your ovulation phase when you're not in your ovulation phase and you will eventually burn out or it will show up as really bad period pain and horrendous fatigue around your next period or bloating or whatever, those sort of things. Mm, I see a lot of clients that are close to burnout and have hormonal issues in London because the energy here is super intense and people are just going for it and never taking a break. Do you see a lot of women that are having these issues with burnout and they're sort of showing up in problems around their period? Yeah, a lot. And it's funny how um, even like my life coaching clients will work on just like brain stuff and confidence stuff. And then their hormones have improved and their period has improved and their libido has improved. And it doesn't surprise me because at the end of the day, your body is the result of your subconscious mind. So if your subconscious mind is like fear, stress, fight or flight, famine, then that's how your period's going to show up. Like your reproductive system is very fragile because if there's too much stress, too much fight or flight, of course your brain perceives that it's quote unquote, not a safe world to have a baby. So it's going to fuck your period, going to fuck ovulation, all that jazz. I obviously attract a lot of women that are more in their masculine because they've seen me be more in my masculine and transition to much more in my feminine, having that flow element to my life. And so I see that all the time. And it's so freeing and rewarding when you get to the stage that I'm in. I was actually having a conversation on the phone with my mom the other day of just like, mom, I just can't even explain how in flow I am and how freeing it is to just be like chill, like all the time. Like, obviously I have my moments where I'm like high and upbeat and like, oh my God, I'm wanting to do, do, do and go, go, go. But like, I'm not doing that from a stressed state. Like when I have 50 emails in my inbox, I'm like, ah, fuck it. Like no one's going to die. Like now I have an autoresponder of like, if you urgently need me, phone me five times and then I'll pick up the phone. Otherwise, wait just setting those like expectations and boundaries for people because also people really do have the expectation these days of like you reply within five minutes. And if you haven't, are you alive? I just sort of like jumped the gun before that and make it really clear of I have a life and I'm not going to reply to your email within five seconds. And once you can like get to that state and stuff, it's so freeing and it helps your hormones so much because you're not in that fight or flight state. Like you're actually listening to your body. You're tuning in. When you are tapped into your feminine, you're tapped into your body. Like the masculine is the head, the feminine is the body. So when you're tapped into the feminine, 
you're tapped into your body, you're tapped into your womb space, you're listening to your womb wisdom, you've cleared the shit from your womb and from your yoni and that whole area, which is going to help your reproductive system. Because like, as you know, and I'm sure many of your listeners and clients, like, you know, you will manifest physically the things that are in your brain. So much of the time, like women that are really afraid of their period because it always comes and it's always painful and they always get horrendous bloating or their mom had really painful periods. So they've grown up believing that they will have painful periods just by telling your brain that you will have that. So when you can tap in and tune in and love your feminine and love your reproductive system more, it will love you more. All at once, like the feminine always just wants to be seen and heard. So much like you in your relationship, like as a feminine, you want to be seen and heard. Your reproductive system, your period, all that jazz, your womb, she also wants to be seen and heard. And as soon as you start being like, yes, I'm listening, I love you, I hear you, she will not come with a vengeance. She will be much calmer and much lighter. And also because you're sending loving energy down there, which is going to affect the chemical balance and everything that's happening in your ovaries. It will reduce inflammation. It will reduce the prostaglandins in the lining of your uterus, all that jazz just by, you know, you having a shift in your mindset. I love that. And I, I've seen that with my clients too. Issues with things like IBS, low libido, hormonal oh, IBS stuff. is the classic one. <laughs> Pretty sure every single person is fucking leaky gut. And I'm like, you know, you can get rid of that or an autoimmune disease. Again, one, the pill, two, you can get rid of it. Mm, totally, totally. And me too. Like my whole life, I had a physical trauma that I wasn't aware of. And then once I cleared that through coaching, I used, I used to get urinary tract infections literally every week. It was so painful and I just yeah, don't wow. get them at all anymore, like ever. Oh, it's crazy how like even I had one of the girls in my mastermind, actually, she's been getting massages um, in her neck and then we did one like embodiment release of the trauma and she was like, I'd never been able to put my neck down this far because she's been in so much pain for so long and it was like so tight just by doing energetic stuff. Like, that's why I'm really big on doing trauma release energetic stuff and embodiment shit because a lot of us don't even know we're holding trauma but like sort of how you know is if like you were to close your eyes and like imagine something where even if it's like money or like something that happened in your past or like thinking about your mum, if your body starts to get hot or if you close up or if your throat tightens like anything like uneasy that happens in your body any physical change or any weird feelings that's a sign that you're still got trauma in your body and holding on to it and trauma can range from like your mom saying no to you and little to like watching your sister get murdered or something like that like it can range really wildly but the bottom line is if you are holding trauma in your body it will physically manifest and it will stop you from being fully in alignment and fully in confidence and embodied and happy and all the stuff you know about classic example with you and the urinary tract infection just by getting rid of that it was like boomed up same thing happened with me and my leg like after my ski accident the rarest thing happened like my ski accident was a fucking rare occurrence it was actually just uh it was literally the universe like screaming at me to be more on my feminine because it was also I also hurt my feminine side like I smashed my feminine leg because your left is your feminine your right's your masculine and I'm very right dominated you've got to clear the trauma even like after a ski accident like I'm still clearing the trauma just from that bottom line is any pain or any sort of like you know physical trauma or mental trauma if you don't actually, if you don't release it properly at the time, it will store in your body. So you know how like a lot of the time when you, um, you know, have a big trauma or like you, you get really badly hurt mentally or physically, you'll start like shaking or crying a lot and people start hugging you and comforting you and you try and tell yourself to calm down. 
by doing that, and people don't know this, but by doing that, you are blocking the release of the trauma by telling yourself to calm down. Or when you go to the hospital, you're put in a pile of meds to like, you know, go to sleep or to take the pain away. And you're not allowing yourself to release the trauma and shake it out. And then of course it stores inside your body. Whereas like when you have a big trauma and you are shaking violently, that's actually your body trying to release the energetic trauma and stuff. But we don't let ourselves do that. We hug our friend or we tell ourselves to calm down. And as a result of that, you have to deal with it down the track. You have to deal with it. Like you cannot push it under the carpet because one day you'll explode like a champagne bottle and then you will have to face it and it will be uglier than if you face it, you know, right fucking now. And that's what happened to me. I suppressed all my trauma so, so much to the point that I didn't remember them. And then I basically had a mental, physical breakdown. I was bedridden yeah. for a month and yeah, yeah, and shit came up. It came right yeah. up. You know, it's like an ongoing process, isn't it? Even like six months ago, I went to the kinesiologist and I had worthlessness in my ovaries. So she released that. And yeah. um, it's just an ongoing process and it's just about being self-aware, isn't it? And like investing in yourself to give yourself the best chance at having, you know, life free of those trapped emotions. A hundred percent. And it's also like, that's why a lot of the stuff that I do is really like being able to tune into your own body and unblock your body so you can listen to your womb wisdom. I'm so intuitive now. And like, I wasn't born like seeing angels. Like some people are born like seeing spirits and whatever. I'm not like that. I'm not crazy woo woo, but like I have learned so much now by tapping in that I can sit in a meditation and be able to know what other people think. If I'm in a fight with like the person, like the guy I'm seeing, then I can know exactly what he's thinking. It's crazy stuff. You know what I mean? I know when I'm across the other side of the world when my mom's not doing okay. And I'm like, what's wrong? Like I would send her a text. She's like, how do you know? And like, that is the power of like tapping in. And then once you tap in, your body will tell you exactly what is wrong and exactly what you need to do in order to push forward or not push forward, flow forward. So I don't sit there and just regurgitate answers of like what you have to do in order to get the results of X, Y, and Z. You know what you need to do. All we, all I need to teach you and help guide you in is being able to unblock your body, come back to your body because you have all the answers for yourself. And what Sally needs to do is going to be different from Jane. But by being able to understand your own answers and tap into yourself as a woman, you will be able to always from now on till the rest of your life, you'll be able to give yourself your own answers. You don't need to go to like every personal development event to be given the answers by somebody else. Like you have all the answers. You just need to be guided to them and learn how to listen to yourself. Mm, absolutely. And that's what coaching is, which I think a lot of people who aren't familiar with how a coaching process works or what that involves, it isn't mentoring. It is empowering your client to find the answers in themselves. Like we don't Correct. know the answers for our clients, but we are the the supportive guides that help them find it for themselves. Yeah, we are the vehicle to them having their like full healing. What is going to work for me definitely does not work for a lot of other people. You know what I mean? Like I am fucking fiery and I have a very like, you know, no bullshit, just fake it till you make it sort of thing in terms of like telling yourself what you want to hear. But for a lot of people that won't work. And for example, it's like the difference between like, yeah, mentoring or like a therapist, like they will often tell you what to do. No, like you tell yourself what to do because you know what to do. Mm -hmm. Totally. Totally. So what's your superpower then? Oh, what's my superpower? It's a fucking good question. Um, I have, I'm really good at not letting other people get to me. Like, I just don't care what other people think. I kind of always really have it, which has been like a really great, um, like I'm very grateful for that, is that I've never really had a major problem with like worrying about what others thought. My name actually means 
to advise and counselor, which is crazy because now it's like basically what I do. And I never would have thought that I'd do this, but I would say my my superpower is I'm actually surprised at myself, but I'm fucking good at my job. Like I surprise myself over and over again. This is my thing. I don't know, like I would never have thought this would be my job, but like this is meant to be because I am fucking good at what I do. I don't really know how I do it sometimes, but it just happens. Like I have to rewatch all of my recordings with my clients because I will say shit in there that I'm like, holy shit, that was so good, Monica. Like I just go into some like fucking vortex and like just shoot things out. Like it's crazy. I'm very good at like holding the space and then calling people out on their shit. And they then don't, they're not like afraid of it. Like that's my power in my coaching and my like sort of point of difference is like I will not let people slide under the rug like you're not a number I hold you accountable I'm gonna push you where you need I don't do the fucking fluffy shit we get to the juicy stuff straight away um yeah I would say that's probably my superpower Amazing. Amazing. So for some of our listeners who might be going through a challenge right now or facing some resistance in their life, what can you share with us about the law of change? I know you talk about this. Yes. So every time you change, you are going to be met with resistance. That is the law of change. Basically, every time that you are going to change something, step out of your comfort zone, you are going to be met with like a pile of resistance because our ego and our like protective mechanisms in our brain want to keep us safe. And being safe means being in our comfort zone. And anything out of our comfort zone that's scary means we could be like, you know, eaten by a saber-toothed tiger or something's going wrong in our environment. Like that's the caveman sort of mentality that we have. So when you are changing something and when you are changing something big, you'll be met with thoughts about like what will happen if, or like, is this the right thing? Or, you know, your ego would be like, why are you doing this? Like, you're so stupid. You shouldn't do this. Like, why are you spending the money? Blah, blah, blah. But when that comes up, you know, you're doing something good because you know, you're changing something. And the only way to grow and to improve things is to change things. So whether it's like a new meal for dinner or a new path on your way to work, like you'll be met with resistance because something is different and your brain thinks something scary is happening. Mm, I usually say like fear is a good barometer that you're pushing yourself enough. If you're not slightly scared, you're not doing enough. Correct. Like when, when, when I like, when I sign new clients and stuff and they're like, Oh my God, I'm so nervous. Like, fuck, like having like a freaking like, you know, mental breakdown. I'm like, this is great. Perfect. If you were like, yeah, cool. It's a cucumber. This is not pushing you enough. You know what I mean? This is not scary enough. And when something's that scary, it's also the universe telling you some big shifts are about to happen, which is awesome because you want big shifts to happen. And of course, change is scary and growth is scary and working with a coach is scary because you don't know what the fuck is going to come up. But all you do know, you're never going to be in a worse situation than you are right now. It's never going to go backwards. You're only ever going to go forward. And at the end of the day, like if it's about money, Money is just energy and it comes and goes. When you don't allow your money to move, it won't move. As in, you won't attract more abundance. You won't get paid more. Money needs to move. And obviously, like you need to have savings and stuff, but that's moving, right? Because it's there for an intention. It's making interest and it's there for a reason. But if you are afraid of spending money, well, you're not going to fucking get any money because you're allowing it to just sit there. But when you change, it's that momentum that you need to keep going in every aspect of your life and everything needs to flow. And if things aren't flowing and if things are staying stagnant, 
things will stay stagnant and nothing will move and nothing will change and you will become stagnant in your life, which will lead to the depression, anxiety, overwhelm, overthinking that I'm not good enough, the lack of self-confidence, all that jazz. Like you need to be moving and getting momentum and be like in your authentic power and in alignment. Mm, I find the more and more I invest in myself, my coaches, and the more expensive they've been, the better the results have been for me. And that's because I'm putting my intention behind my dollars every time I spend as well. Obviously, you don't want to just go with anyone. But if you feel a bit scared about it, it can be a sign that, you know, like it's scary sometimes to invest in yourself and to actually put it out there like, wow, I'm worth $5,000 or wow, I'm worth $10,000. But yeah. when you do, you you symbolize something inside of yourself as well that I think definitely can spur you into action. And then of course, once you're in action, you can attract more money as well. Well, that's the thing, right? Like when you say yes to a coach, you are saying to the universe, yes to me. So the universe goes, oh, okay, Monica's not afraid of spending money on herself. We'll give her more money. She's not afraid of money. Great, we can give her more. But if you say no to that coach because you're afraid of spending money, the universe just goes, oh, Monica's really scared of money. We don't want to send her anymore because she's afraid of money. And we don't want her to be scared, so we won't send her more. The universe doesn't see the other parts of the sentence of like, she's scared of money because then she can't pay her bills or she wants it, but she doesn't have the money. Quote, unquote, she has the money. Everyone has the money. You can find it. It's about getting resourceful. The universe doesn't hear what you want. It only hears exactly what you say. It's like talking to a child. So when you say yes to yourself, the universe will give you more yeses. When you say no to yourself, the universe will give you more no's. It doesn't hear the Monica says no, but she really wants yes. It doesn't hear that. It only hears the no. If you are saying no because of money or some like superficial, very, you know, top of the layer sort of stuff, you are not going to attract more abundance in every area of your life. You are going to get the opposite. Mm. But of course, if you are saying no to a coach, because on a soul level, it's like, no, I don't feel in alignment. I don't feel yes to that coach. Totally different. That's great. You're listening to yourself. You're listening to your body. But if you're letting your ego get in the way of like, no, I don't have the money. I can't do this. That is you then communicating that to the universe. I have had you know, single moms with no money say yes to me. And they're like, can't put food on the table the next week. And as soon as they've done it, and it's happened multiple times with so many clients, as soon as they've done it, they've had so much money flow in the door in the most random ways, like school fees coming back, deposits coming back. Other people have gotten like new jobs, promotions randomly, like so random or like even boyfriends taking them out on really nice dates and like buying them dresses to choose from or like lunch special clients or colleagues buying them lunch for the day. Like abundance comes in so many forms, but the universe will give that to you when you say yes to yourself because it wants to give, it always wants to give you more. It always wants to set your life up in alignment with, um, with flow and with coherence. If you keep chopping and changing and saying no to it and not living in flow, not being in alignment because you're too afraid, the universe just gets confused and goes, fuck this. I don't even know what to do right now. I always just sort of check in with myself and say, if money wasn't an issue, would I do this? Or um, if I couldn't fail, would I do this? And then that's a kind of good way of just really clearly touching base with yourself and saying, 
you know, if there were no barriers, what would I do? And then I go with that. And like, honestly, every time I invest in myself, the random stuff happens to me too. I've gotten checks in the mail that I didn't know were coming. I've yeah. had like people give me things for free, clients that just appear out of nowhere, like 10 at once. Um, yeah. So I totally, totally believe in that. It's never a coincidence. So what challenges have you personally overcome to get where you are? I know you've had your accident, but can you tell us about any others? It's funny. It's so all to do with just like my go mentality. I have had a good fucking run of physical accidents and we call it the only Monica situation. It's the 1% and only Monica can manage to do this. So I've had a lot of teeth issues since I was like little. I was like born with really bad teeth. But then I got out of school. I was on my gap year, which I loved to death, best year of my life. The second day I arrived there, I got such badly infected wisdom teeth that I had to have them out in the chair. Then I got glandular fever after that. Then I had a really bad ski accident and like tore something in my knee. So I went on crutches for two weeks. Then I like broke two fingers and like smashed them in a door when I was like out drunk one night. I don't even know what happened. Then I got conjunctivitis twice. Then I had a UTI. My laptop was stolen. Then I was driving to work one day and it was like a Sunday morning and I was like just chilling in the car and I had a, like somebody ran a red light and I T-boned them. Um, so I had a horrendous car accident, like car was a write-off, near death sort of thing where it's like everything went white and I was just like screaming my face off. It was the scariest thing. Then after that, I had such bad tonsillitis that I got quincy, which is where like your tonsils get like so swollen that they have to go in with a needle and like drain them. It was fucking foul. Then I had um, my ski accident. And then after my ski accident, because I still didn't slow down, I, oh, I broke two fingers somewhere and there's uh, like texting and walking somewhere as well. And then after my ski accident, because I still didn't slow down, I then was opening the bathroom door and I tore two ligaments in my thumb. That's when I was like, okay, something needs to change. Uh, and since then I've had nothing and I will continue to have nothing. It was like constantly just this sign that kept coming up of like, slow down, slow down. And I know that I'm not a slow down person. Like my body also knows Monica's never going to slow down, but it wasn't really just like even just a slow down. It was like, just get more into the flow. Stop pushing, right? I don't have to slow down. I need to stop pushing. And that's when I really just actually started to tap more into my feminine. I did so much work, so much releasing, so much embodiment stuff, so much trauma work. And then I tapped into my feminine and now I'm just so in flow and now learned so much. Hence, I'm so passionate about this with teaching with other women because I have been through it myself. Like everything I teach, I've been through. I don't teach anything that I personally haven't gone through. I only teach about the stuff that I know. Physically, I have not been stable. And like, oh yeah, I also had jaw surgery in there. Um, so, and that was funny. That released a lot of anger. I was so much more relaxed after having that because you hold your anger in your jaw. So I had jaw surgery, which was hell on earth. Your face is so swollen for like two years after. You can't recognize yourself for like three months. Like you don't want to leave the house. Like it was really bad. And I'm glad I got it done. Like I needed to get it done, but um, that was not fun through all of that, I've really just gotten to the point of where I am. And all of that has helped with like my confidence being in alignment and where I am and all that jazz. But it's funny how all of those physical things also change you mentally and can release a lot of stuff and vice versa, bring a lot of stuff up that you need to work on. Because many people pointed out after my surgery of just that I seemed a lot more like relaxed. And then like, I obviously found out that like, you know, hold anger in your jaw. I kind of kind of love myself for it. I'm like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, it's funny. That is so interesting that you say that. I mean, I see 
so many women who have jaw pain and migraines and it's because they're up in their head all the time. They're up in that masculine, they're thinking, they're planning, they're doing, they're pushing. And when we ignore our body, it fights back. It tells us, it tells us that we need to flow more. It tells us that we need to stop pushing. So often we just ignore it, don't we? And I think sometimes life does that too. You know, a lot of people land with me and come for coaching and come to see me when they've had one challenge after the next, after the next, I call it the year of fear. And it's an opportunity really to listen up and to look and to say, what needs to change? What needs to transform? What do I need to shift? Because as challenging as it is, you know, when it rains, it pours, right? It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to lean in, to learn more and to make a transformation or make a shift that's going to support and serve us, whether that's emotionally or physically, right? It's going to happen for a reason. It's needed for the long run. And when you go into those things, especially physical things without the fear, your body isn't going to be so tight when you go into it. For example, going to the surgery, like I'll have my kinesiologist there beforehand, like do a session, be really relaxed, not have the tension there. So when I'm in there, my body is like open and receptive to being like, this is okay. We need it. We love it. Um, and therefore the recovery is going to be better. I've got goosebumps as I say this, but going into these situations with more of a love mentality than a fear is also really important because at the end of the day, everything does happen for a reason. The power of the universe is so much greater than we even know. And when you can believe that as well, it really just like helps the journey and it fucking helps you because you stress less. Babe, I could not agree more with you. I mean, the amount of times that I've just had to throw my hat out there into the ring of the universe and trust has been countless, but it's pretty magical. It's magical to know that you're always supported even through pain. So anyway... What's your favorite part of being a coach and doing the work that you do? Oh my God. I don't even, wow. That's a big question. Favorite part of being a coach. I find it so rewarding to think that I like literally change people's lives. I think probably the most rewarding part of being a coach is like after like one session, then being like, holy fucking shit. And being a new person after one session, I'm like, did I really do that? Like one session, you know, like even sometimes I'm like, What's, what are we going to work on in the next session? Because the one session was so good. Like that's probably my most favorite part of when I do the trauma release stuff where they just feel so much lighter and they're not triggered anymore. That is probably what is my favorite part. And just seeing the change with somebody being like, wow, I helped facilitate that made an impact on somebody's life. And a lot of the time, clients, boyfriends, and husbands will like get on the call and be like, thank you because I have helped their girlfriend or their wife just step so much more into their feminine or be so much more confident in sex and intimacy and in the relationship doesn't just benefit you. That's the thing with coaching. It doesn't just benefit you. It benefits your parents, your family, your friends, your work, your health, your boyfriend, your husband, like everything. It benefits everything. Like it's all you, like you've done the work. I facilitated it, but it's been you, but it is so nice at the same time to be like, wow, I helped that person get to where they are. And I've made an impact in that person's life. Like it just, it fucking lights me up and gives me so much energy. I love it. Yes. So much. Yes. That, oh, I'm so on the same page as you. My work lights me up. If I had have known so many years ago that I would be doing this and it would be so fulfilling. I would have started a whole lot sooner, you know, and that's the power of work. 
that you love. Work that you love nourishes you. It nourishes your soul. It totally nourishes my soul. When a client leaves me and says, you have changed my life, Amy, or I've had clients that have started businesses or left relationships, started new relationships. A lot of my clients have quit their job and traveled the world, pursued new careers. The spectrum of results is crazy. And like you, I just think I can't believe that I am so lucky that I get to facilitate this. Makes me feel so fulfilled to be like, I can use my Instagram as this incredible educational platform for people where I can connect to them, where I can teach these women these things. And like, I am very big on like holding my integrity with my Instagram. You know, people will ask me like, what's it like being an influencer? And I'm like, I'm not an influencer. Like, that's not what my Instagram is for. Like my Instagram is not for advertising and that sort of stuff. It is there to teach and to connect way more fulfillment and way more abundance than getting paid, you know, 400 bucks for a post. Just the fact that like even my Instagram alone can make a difference to to women's lives. The internet is fucking incredible. It is fucking incredible. I totally agree. I totally agree. Even when we were just talking about this, I feel it in my body. You know, we were talking about like where you feel certain emotions that show up physically. And I see it all the time with my clients, like whether it's their mean inner critic showing up or it's like yeah. a more positive voice showing up. I honestly, I feel warm and it feels like the sun's there like when I feel gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, sometimes I'm so ridiculous. Like um, I went, when I first had kinesiology, I, she removed my heart wall, which is basically like an energy wall that protects your heart. For oh, I had the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We all and do. After she did, it, she told me it's going to be about four weeks until you start to feel this energy, like in your body. And about, I, I wasn't paying attention to the calendar or anything. And I was walking down the street and I saw this bird and I just started crying and I, with happiness, I don't even like birds. Like, and, um, <laughs> I felt real How good. I felt real joy. And then I was, so did that. And then I felt like, okay, what the fuck's wrong with you, Amy? Like you yeah. have to get your period. And yeah, then yeah, I yeah. realized it's been four weeks since then. And I actually properly felt like a full hearted, full body, full bodied emotion in my body, in my heart. And I felt warm and I felt amazing. And, you know, when you've experienced things like that with a coach or a kinesiologist, that's yeah. when you kind of know you're like, this shit is real. And it's possible for your work to make you feel that way. I even feel this way now listening to you talk about your work. And my work makes me feel that way too. And I never, ever, ever could have had this perception before that your work doesn't have to necessarily drain you. It can energize you. It's proven by science. Like, you know, quantum fields, energy spaces, all that jazz proven by science like you cannot deny it and even if you think about it just like realistically it also makes sense it is incredible like even just to um be able to go through the work where you release your like your blocks and stuff I hated hated touching like I hated being all like feminine and like touchy-feely and all that jazz and like being soft like once I did all this feminine work no hesitation with being vulnerable. And that's when I was like, holy fucking shit. I've done it. Like I've fucking done it. And there's no push to get there. I released it from my body. It's not like you have to then constantly tell yourself, just be vulnerable when I go, just be vulnerable. And then like work through and push it. No, no, no. When you release it, then you can be because you were born vulnerable, but you've been blocked. So when you can release it, you get that vulnerability back. And then it's no push, no problem. And you're in a relationship being vulnerable without even having to think about it. It's only after you're vulnerable that you go, 
oh my God, I was just vulnerable then. And I didn't have to like worry. I wasn't scared. It just happened. It's so freeing to not be like, because what if he does this? Or what if he thinks this? Or what if I'm being weak and like blah, blah, blah. Or like needy. Like you don't have those thoughts when you can release all that crap and when you reprogram your subconscious mind. Mm, I massively resonate with that. I mean, for me, like all the work I've done, I was not vulnerable whatsoever in the past. And people that have known me for a long time have had to re-get to know me. And even my mum says to me, she's like, you are so different and you are so much more like how you were when you're a little girl than you were for Mm. most of your life. And it's crazy. Like vulnerability. That makes me like goosebumps. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. I love it. Um, so last question, what would yeah. you, uh, what would you say is one misconception people have about you? That I'm really intimidating or that I'm really scary. People think I'm really scary. And I was always told at school, like, don't fuck with Monica. Like she is like people, I, people were scared of me. And, um, and it's funny though, because like people like sometimes will fuck with me and that other people are like, of all people, to fuck with you don't fuck with Monica like when I was working at a cafe before I started this like this journey and like doing my own thing um I actually ended up taking those people to court because they underpaid me and like blah blah, blah. they fired me and it was like a lawful dismissal because I questioned them about my pain and they fired me the next day I, I can be obviously like a bit I, I'm the chick you don't want to fuck with but at the same time um I'm not scary or not intimidating and like how you see me on my Instagram stories exactly how I am in real life like that's one couple of like thing people always say you are exactly as you are in your Instagram story I am like the most low maintenance down-to-earth chick ever like it takes me like 10 seconds to get ready in the morning when girls say it t- takes them an hour to get ready ready I'm like what the fuck do you do in that hour like I don't get it like I am so low maintenance I'm like you know not the tidiest person I'm a bit grubby I am like really really basic people often think that I'm like scary and intimidating and all that jazz but I am fucking not I'm a nice person I can be very I can be a bitch in terms of like standing my power so that's that like bitchy feminine side of us like that good bitchy feminine um where we're allowed to be a bitch you know like that don't think being a bitch is bad like you want to have a bitchy part of you where you can stand in your power and like have your boundaries so I'm good at that obviously like I don't let people like step all over me or like you know that sort of stuff but I'm not intimidating or like maybe okay maybe I am intimidating but like I'm not scary and I'm not mean so that's probably one thing that people like yeah they have that misconception about me but I'm like super down to earth and like humble and like yes I like I guess like I I'm very proud of where my business is I won't deny that like got like a dream life not gonna deny that at all but I'm very humble about it like I'm so grateful for it um and I'm not like yeah look at me I'm so amazing like you know what I mean like not at all so that's probably the misconception. Good question. I love that question. Mm, yeah, I like it. It's a bit spicy. What's um, what 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 what's yours? Um, well, number one, I think loads of people just assume that I have this really rich husband. <laughs> my husband's amazing, but from day dot, even when I was building my business, we would always split everything. And I am a self-made woman. I do not rely on my husband for anything. Then there's also a misconception potentially that. I've always just been super happy and that I haven't had this sort of troubled past, et cetera. And so in my story, they're like, wow. And to be honest, like I haven't even fully shared the entire story with everybody yet because I'm saving that for when I feel like it's, it's appropriate to be vulnerable with certain things that I've been through. 
funny you mentioned that actually there's a part of my story that nobody knows besides my clients so I tell my clients it because um it helps them to open up but there's things that yeah like I will not like I'm not I haven't said on this podcast because not everybody needs to know but I, I tell my clients that because it's like that next level of connection and vulnerability where they feel like okay Monica doesn't say it's online but she says it to me she really cares about me and and really wants me to open up that she has opened up and shared her like deepest, darkest vulnerability. But you know what's funny as well? I'm sure you get this too. Like people will be like, oh my God, you're a real person. Like when they get on a discovery call with me and they're like, it's so weird seeing you on Instagram. Now you're like a real person. I'm like, of course I'm a real person. Like what? So that's probably the other weird thing, which is like the weirdest thing for people to say. I'm like, why wouldn't I be a real person? (laughs) Yeah. And I think sometimes I forget like that people are genuinely watching and being influenced. Yeah by me because sometimes I'll meet strangers at events and things and then they'll mention something and they'll say oh I did this because of you and then I'm like oh yeah holy shit the information and the message that I'm putting out is being received because sometimes when you're just talking to your phone it's like you just forget that there are 4,000 people watching you or however many people follow you for me, that's like, that's a cool thing, but it also reinforces to me that I have to be super responsible with that influence and with that message that I'm putting out and making sure that it's always consistent with my values and I'm in integrity. Super true. And one thing I will say with that, I guess is another, I would say probably one of my superpowers. I am so good at triggering people. My clients will often say, I love you, but I hate you at the same time. Like that is, and I'm, I do a fucking good job at it but in a good way, like people need to be triggered so they can, they can see where their doorway is to growth. So I would say that's also it. So I trigger people through my Instagram posts as well, but that's being a good coach. Mm, mm. I, I quite like being challenged by my coaches as well. Yeah. Oh my God. Me too. I'm like, if you're not challenging me and if you're not making me feel uneasy and like, I want to punch you in the face, you're not doing a good enough job. Like if you're my coach, please annoy the shit out of me so that I can feel uncomfortable because then I can grow. Mm, Yeah. Help me stare into my wounds. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Trigger me like no one's business. Amazing. I love it. I love everything that you're about and it's been so, so amazing to chat to you. So thank you so much for your time from New York. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to see you soon, of course. So yeah. Thanks, Amy. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you, and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is thisisamyrushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful and it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode and until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.